Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Hello, you've just tuned into In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and today my guest is Craig Scott, who actually is originally from Melbourne, Australia, but he's been in town for 17 years. Um, he is the CEO of Asaya. Uh, which detects infectious diseases at scale. So recently, he came up with a machine that's uh, much better than doing like um, rapid tests and PCR tests and everything. You know, it doesn't keep you up waiting. And you know, yeah. So I won't go into that until later. But let's get to know、um, Craig first. Now, Craig, what brought you to Taiwan in the first place? Like, I always like to ask foreigners in Taiwan.、Uh, great question, Shirley.、Um, one of the challenges with me was I was brought here to to a job, and、uh, I was commuting actually between Vancouver and Taipei every two weeks for a couple of years. Wow. So I had to make a de- decision、um, to live in. North America, or live in Taiwan, and I decided to live in Taiwan. It's、um, very accessible for the industry I'm in, which at the time was IT and, and manufacturing. So, Taiwan was close to Europe. It's close to North America. It's close to Australia.、Um, it's got a manufacturing, you know, setup. It's got engineering capabilities. So, it's it's a good place to build things and develop things and manufacture. So. I see.、Uh, it made sense for me to move here full time, and from that point on, I just、uh, iterated through various careers here in Taiwan. Um, building things. So your background is in IT, college-wise, and everything. A degree. I actually have a high school diploma, Shirley. <laughs> so I'm self-taught. Wow.、Um, uh, I, I focused on software and hardware, embedded systems,、uh, imaging mainly. So doing camera systems, printing systems, display systems, anything to do with pictures and images. I like that. Well, let's get right into this machine that you've come up with. Like I said, that detects infectious diseases at scale. Now, can you kind of like explain that、um, in everyday English? <laughs> yeah, no problem. So, so up until COVID nineteen, when we were detecting infectious disease, we weren't really having to detect it at scale. So, what that meant is that people would go to the doctor, they'd have a test, and they'd get a result maybe in forty eight hours, seventy two hours, depending on the test type. And that was good enough because you only had one person. It was a clinical setting,、uh, and you were dealing with one patient. All of a sudden, SARS-CoV-2 came along. It went from you know having to test one or two people per day to testing literally millions per day. So those clinical diagnostic tools designed for labs and you know white coats and sterile environments really didn't work that well because they couldn't scale up and test the hundreds of thousands of people per day. And more importantly, they were very expensive. So you know. I don't know if you remember, but when PCR first came out, people were being charged like two hundred and fifty, three hundred dollars, which、yeah. you know that was pretty crazy,、um, you know, and not obviously not financially sustainable. And then the flip side of the coin is you were waiting seventy-two hours for the result. So in the meantime, while you were waiting for the result, maybe you infected another person,、um, maybe your disease got a little bit worse,、uh, you weren't hospitalized fast enough, you didn't get access to antivirals. So you know there was a time delay. So we had three things that really were important:、uh, time, cost, and it wasn't fast enough in, in terms of triage. So what we decided decided to do is、um, fix that problem, and we looked at the existing technologies that were available. And lateral flow assay or rapid testing was was there, but you know it, it was getting a bad reputation for accuracy. The reality is, it was actually pretty accurate.、Uh, the specificity and sensitivity was high. 
So in, in testing, there's two elements. There's specificity, that is the ability to you know, uh, detect a specific disease type. Okay. And there's sensitivity. How sensitivity, how early can you detect it? You know, what, what level of viral load or, or protein do you need before you can actually detect a disease? So the specificity and sensitivity are very important in diagnostics. Um, the, the challenge with lateral flow assay, it was designed for visual reading by human eye. That means that a very low viral load or, or a very weak positive quite often was missed because the red line was so, so faint, faint. that people couldn't see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and the challenge there was sometimes they were wearing PPE gear, they were tired, it was end of shift, um, their eyeballs weren't working quite well, so they missed those weak positives. And oh. when you miss the weak positive, obviously a, a person who was positive is negative and that has a whole pile of unintended consequences which aren't good, a person gets sent home. Okay, this makes me think. Sometimes my husband and I, we're the only two at home in the house. And, you know, we feel like we got symptoms relating to COVID, like maybe just, you know, not exactly a sore throat, but it just kind of feels funny in the throat, kind of itchy or whatever. And we're almost sure that, you know, we got it. But when we took the rapid test, you know, it was just only one line. You know, it's, it shows negative. But it, yeah. is it possible that we actually do have the symptoms, but it's just not showing up? And oh no! So we've if, been going around. If there's, if, if there's a viral load of significance and you're infectious, the red line will appear on about day two, day three. Okay, so you, you need oh, to yeah. think back. Whenever you feel, when, whenever you're feeling sick, you need to go back through the last seventy-two hours and say, okay, was I in a situation that I felt uncomfortably socially? So was I with people? Was I in a closed environment? Was the ventilation poor? Was I with strangers? You need to ask those magic questions. In Taiwan, mm -hmm. you know, we have, you know, certain setting banquets, you know, religious festivals, indoor settings where the ventilation is poor or there's a lot of strangers, okay? And by default, you know, there's going to be viral load that's moving around. So mm -hmm. the question begs, when you're feeling sick, what were you doing, you know, 48 hours to 72 hours ago? Oh. Okay. And then, at, you know, sort of 48 hours to 72 hours, if you've been infected, you'll start to see a very faint red line. And then over the next two or three days, you'll see it go to very strong positive. No wonder. I, yeah, I got a friend yeah, but, who actually was very sure that he got it. So on the first day, he took the rapid test. It came out negative. Second day, he did it again and it was negative. But the third day, it became positive. Yeah. So if you test every second day, right, after an, after an exposure that you think is, you know, dodgy, you mm. should see a faint red line appearing and then you'll see the strengthening over the you know up to day seven and then by day seven to day say 12 14 you should see the the red line moving down again to clear the rule of thumb on rapid tests if you see a red line you're infectious the, well, the test line yeah the C2, test line if you if the test line goes red uh not the just the control line you're yeah. you're infectious so oh. And, and if you're really infectious and you're starting to present symptoms, you need to go see a doctor, get on antivirals and start taking precautions. Yeah. Um, if you're asymptomatic, uh, you're doing fine and the red line is you know, abating over time, you probably can self-care at home uh, and do what you need to do to, to right. recover. And you're probably going to wait 7 to 14 days before you test clear. The rule of thumb is there's, uh, if the test line is red, and even the faintest red, you're infectious. Yeah, right. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I'm speaking with Craig Scott, who is the CEO of ASEA, 
which develops machines that detect infectious diseases at scale. All right. So talk、That's、about、it. your machine. How does it work, and what does it do? So the machine has an onboard compute engine、um, that's connected to the internet,、um, which is then connected to the Amazon Web Services cloud, where we we actually store the data. So what happens is the the machine has a camera system, it has a lighting system, it has a CPU, and what we do is we read、uh, the test kit with a QR code. So the QR code tells us what brand of test it is. What brand, say Roche or Abbott or whoever, and that also tells the type of test kit,、um, whether it's a COVID antibody or an antigen test, and then we we set up the lighting and the camera to read that test based on our prior characterization and collaboration、uh, configuration. So you mean、yep. it?、Uh, you start off with taking a nasal sample, just like every every other、yep. test. Okay. And then you kind of stick、yep. it stick it in the machine. Yeah, definitely. So we can、ah. use any rapid test kit. And any sampling method that's used today. So, in in Taiwan, there's you know there's test kits from Taiwan, there's test kits from US, Europe, there's Roche, there's Abbott, there's Siemens, there's you know PBF, there's,、um, there's there's so many different test kits. We the neat thing about our machine is we're agnostic to the test kit. That means we can use any test kit. So at the ones you buy from the local Seven Eleven, we can put those into our machine as long as there's a QR code that tells us the brand and type of test kit. Our machine automatically reconfigures the camera and the lighting systems so that we can read that test kit very accurately. Wow, that's cool. Now that red line, you just see a red line, yeah.、Mm. Just pretend the control line is a hundred percent, and that red line is a percentage of that control line in terms of red shades of red. Based on that, on the percentage of red to the control line, we can sort of determine how infectious you are in terms of viral load, because that red line faintness re- reflects. The viral load or the amount of protein it's detecting. So, if the protein number amount of protein is very low, then obviously the viral load is low. If the protein level is very high, then obviously the viral load is high. If the control line and the test line are both the same, it means you're very positive. If the if the test line is very faint, it means you're very negative. So, how long ago have you come up with this machine? Was it only just after COVID or before? Yeah, this machine was purely re- a reaction to COVID.、Um, okay, you know, Klaus and myself, you know, we just didn't really like the way the world was moving. The concept of you know vaccinations every six months and masks and travel restrictions and lockdowns and all these restrictions on people—just not a very pleasant place to live in the world for billions of people. I know, and, go and it goes in a vi- and it goes in a vicious cycle too. Yeah, and, never and ending. For me, it was you know I I was managing four hundred people at Sonic all over the world, and and I just saw the the chaos it was creating and. And this human element was really, really terrible. You know, people, people were scared. People were locked in their homes. You know, scared、yeah. about their jobs and scared about getting sick and death. And it was, it was a terrible situation.、It、wasn't sustainable. So, for me personally, I think class, we really wanted to sort of say, okay, how can we help solve this problem? And what we identified very on early on is because of the number of mutations and variants that were coming out, that you're going to have to be constantly testing because this thing is just reappearing over and over again. And it's the mutation events are very, very quick、um, compared to a lot of disease. This thing's mutating every six months significantly.、Mm-hmm. Okay, and that means that you have to test, and new virals, you know, antivirals will have to be developed. You have to to break the chain of transmission. You have to test and isolate and treat with antivirals, regardless of vaccination status.、Okay. You, you're going to see with BA4, BA5, for example, they exhibit immune escape. That means that people who are previously infected or 
vaccinated are going to get infected again with BA4, BA5. Now, if you can get on top of that and treat them with antivirals very early on, say day three, when they get detected that they're positive, weak positive, and you get in there quickly with antivirals, you can cut the train, train of transmission so they don't give it to somebody else. Remember, we need to reduce the viral loads. That reduces sickness, and that also reduces the transmission of mm. the disease itself to another person. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. So ideally, would it be like one machine per hospital to make this work? We, we did a calculation globally, actually. Um, mm -hmm. I believe we need one machine for every 5,000 people globally. Okay. Oh, and okay. And our, our machine is designed to not work in a hospital setting, so I'd prefer to put the machines into community settings uh -huh. uh, and small hospitals. The biggest problem is you can't send all these samples to the big giant hospital in the middle of city, right? You need mm. to enable small clinics, small community hospitals, second and third tier hospitals so they can do the real-time testing and triage without having to wait for the big hospital to give the diagnostic result. Um, we've also designed the machine so that it can work off a battery. So okay. you could actually set this up at a anywhere. concert or you could set this up in the Navy base. Mm. Um, you could set it up anywhere and you could start testing in literally half an hour. So the, ma um, the, the machine, is it mass produced right now? Made in Taiwan, uh, designed in Taiwan, developed in Taiwan. We have GMP certification. We have our ISO 13485 certification and we have our Taiwan FDA class one IVD certification and it's in mass production. We've right. exported it to India, Brazil, the United States, and Germany. All and right. we sell a little bit of it in Taiwan. So Proudly Taiwanese. Yes, made in Taiwan. <laughs> that, that is awesome when I heard that. <laughs> so some countries already using the machine, and that's really awesome. Yep. And so getting, yep. you know, like, yeah, getting good results and helping in a major way. Do you think this COVID, well, this is kind of a side point, but it's related. Do you think this COVID is ever, ever going to end? At the, at the moment, because of the reinfection status and because of BA4, BA5 mutants and the immune escape issues, I don't see an end right now. I think there'll be waves of infection coming through and different people will behave differently in terms of the disease. So the answer is no, I don't see it going away. I believe in six weeks' time, we'll see BA4, BA5, for example, into Taiwan significantly. Um, yeah. And there'll be another wave of infection. There'll be another surge. That I surge know. is already happening in the UK. Well, the way the COVID pandemic is going, Craig Scott is not sounding very positive, uh, let alone the fact that there are other new variants uh, in the coming. So to hear more about what Craig Scott has to say about that, do join me next week on In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. 